Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, you're looking great today. Excited to see you as always. I appreciate that. I randomly cut myself on my nose with a pencil. I don't know how that happened. I have no idea, actually. It just it happened, man. It's, uh, you know, we're recording this first day of school. You know, things happen. First day of school, you're back teaching a little Spanish online. How'd it yep. go today? A little weird. Um, I'm teaching online, which is different, obviously, but just some little kinks that are going to get worked out kind of in every scenario. I go back to our first couple of podcast episodes and go, man, five months in the things <laughs> I know now compared yeah. to the, the things at the beginning. And so I'm going to imagine two weeks from now, all that stuff will be figured out or two days from now, potentially. So some sound issues, some like, I don't know, it's just little stuff. It'll get figured always out. things to figure out no matter what you're doing. So no question. A couple of things. We have a little bit of a longer episode today, so shorter intro here, but a couple of things. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Check us out on social media. It's all eyes up mindset stuff. We love having new people interact with us. I just told you before we hit record here, apparently we're big internationally right now, getting a lot of followers from the UK, which is surprising and uh exciting awesome yeah that's yeah, awesome cool. we, we love the uk i've been over there a couple of times just who briefly knew, who knew eyes up mindset was going international as as quick as it did but we're excited yeah so speaking of school first day our conversation today with is with a repeat guest our first ever tom well, he was our first guest and our first repeat guest big deal uh, yeah no but he's a teacher so that's i was trying to make the connection for you I'm not as skilled at those transitions, but again, one of those things we're going to get better at. Tom is a teacher, but he's way more than that and, and why he's such a close friend of ours and such a big impact on our lives. Yeah, Tom was our episode number three, um, and he was on a bike tour of the country and was going on a bike tour of the country. We catch up with him about that, about a whitewater traffic rafting trip in the Grand Canyon about how school is going, kind of where life is at. And it's just an awesome conversation. If you haven't listened to the first one, I would encourage you go back. It's episode three, go back, listen to it. Some of the stuff's going to make more sense, but if you don't have time to do that, this one still is just as entertaining and there's really good challenges as far as our mindset and, and what it means to live eyes up. Yeah. I love talking to him. I wish we could have, I mean, we could have talked to him for hours and hours and hours on end and you did cause you were hanging out with him and I was a little bit envious of that. But, um, at some point you just got to say, okay, that's enough. We we've talked, we've talked plenty. Um, but it was, it was just great to catch up with him and to see him and to hear how he's doing. Enjoy Tom Lutke. And welcome to the eyes of mindset podcast. Welcome back, I should say. Welcome back. That's right. Rotating co-host. It's been a while. Probably too long, actually. Probably a little too long. I've been listening. I've been listening uh, to a bunch of your, your podcasts, and I'm a, I'm a little nervous now. You've got some real deal guests coming on here that are way above my pay grade. Yeah, but so, you were the original, so you 
you have them all beat right now. <laughs> I've been real impressed with what you guys have been doing. It's very cool. Tom, you, you mentioned you've been listening. What's something that you uh, have taken away from the podcast or what's, what's some, an episode that you really felt good about or you took something out of? Um, hands down so far, my favorite is your interview with Rob Lovejoy. Uh, and he was talking about uh, a, f- a few different things, one different leadership styles and, and things like that. And then um, uh, he was just talking about his disgust for, for complaining without action or, I mean, he put it way, way cooler than that, but ideas without action are worthless. Yes. Yep. And um, yeah, I, I listened to that one. I was really impressed and I, I just walked away just questioning, questioning a lot of things on, on the way I lead and in a, in a classroom sense and the reasons why I was there and it was good. It was, they were all good questions and kind of, they came for me really at, at the right time. I listened to it shortly before school went back into session and, you know, we're entering into a, kind of a strange school year and so to listen to that and just kind of to for me to be able to remind myself of why I'm there and what the what the purpose and why I love that job so much and if you haven't listened to episode three what do you do Tom where are you at right now uh yeah that's a that's a good question I'm a I'm a high school teacher in Summit County Colorado right outside of, of Breckenridge Colorado so uh amazing location amazing school and uh you know strange year and our our students are, they've been so awesome coming back to school this year. And I think students and staff, we've all realized that we, we love being there. And it was really hard to not be there last, last spring or last. Yeah, that'd be spring. Yeah, spring. It's crazy. It feels like forever ago. And yet it's not that long ago. Like you were the first time you were on was four plus months ago. Like to think about us in retrospect, John, think about doing this for four months doesn't feel possible in some ways because it's gone so fast. Right. And yet, like you said, Tom, there's been some amazing guests and some things that challenge us and we walk away asking questions like, what am I doing? You know, and I think that's, you reflected a goal of ours. And I think every single episode, I do the same thing. I think, you know, I, we get to interview before the, episode goes out and so I get a little bit of time to chew on it before it ever walks out the door but there's just these things that I'm like man what am I doing to lead better what am I doing in my relationship with my wife what am I doing as a person to grow and and get better and then you talk about like being in a school setting like how do you reflect that to your students how do you give that away in a way that they can see that this this is a process for you also. Cause I think so many of us in leadership roles, are like it can't be seen that I'm struggling. It can't be seen that I'm not doing well. How do you are able, how are you able to express that and reflect that back? Uh, definitely for this year. Um, I, I think just being completely honest with them, they just, they, you just being real about it. I, I just told them when we got back, I told them how much I missed my classroom. I told them how much I missed, um, you know, teaching, but most of all, I told them, you know, what I miss is these interactions when we're, when we're, uh, we're all together as a class and we're having discussion and all those things. And so I just told them, and I think it's, you know, maybe not, not all the kids are going to express it, but it's a different, 
it's a different feeling this year. And I feel like there's a, a new appreciation for, you know, the ability to go into school and for kids to be around their friends and like they, they value it more this year, it feels like. And so I just really hope we can continue being like that. And for our school, we're in like a hybrid schedule. So I'm only seeing half my kids. My classes are eight kids. So um, you can kind of skip right into getting to know each kid better than we've been able to do in past years. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's a blessing in this whole curse. And so we need to make the most out of that while we have it. And so I think just getting right into the, we call it real talk, you know, just get right into real talk. We're talking this year about, you know, let's, let's do what's essential. What are, what's the most important things that you do in your job and let's make sure we're doing that. And so I've been given permission to kind of wave off all the stuff that we've done just because somebody at some point said we had to do it. You know, I don't have to stand up there and go over my syllabus. You know, I just tell the kids, Hey, if you want to see the syllabus, here's where it's posted. Let's, let's go. Let's get to know each other. And um, let's move into things where we can have real discussion. It sounds like relationally and, and community building and connection, this model, certainly you see some incredible value in and some cool potential to continue to build on this. You mentioned talking about your leadership style and, and listening to the podcast and saying, Hey, how am I leading? What am I doing going into this year? What, sorts of things came to mind or what challenged you to, to maybe change some things that you were doing? Sometimes when you're listening, it's just a, you're thinking of so many scenarios. And uh, one of the, one of the things that I think was said was talking about, you know, understanding the, the why. And so I kind of had to remind myself of, of that. What is the why? Why am I there? Why am I in that role? And so, you know, for me, it is those personal connections. It's, um, you know, having, you know, the ability to get to know these groups of students and, and trying to get them to realize their full potential. All my classes are not the most serious classes. So uh, for part of the year, I teach ski tuning, which is amazing. And it, it's, uh, it fits with our economy and our community, but it's, you know, it's not the most serious class in the world, but there is still so much value that can be built out of that. And I just had to step back and look at it because I, I had had people say to me like, Hey, this, this, this year's going to be weird for you. Uh, just remember, it's just a job. And uh, I kind of had to look at that and go, that's true. It is my job and it is, you know, what, what pays my bills, but it's so much more than that. When you're, when you're talking about kids' lives and the amount of time we spend with them and, um, you know, you're not going to have huge influence on every single one, but you know, if you can have some influence on, on a few of them, then man, that can make a huge difference in the world. And it's, imp it's an important job. And it just seems like I've been caught in the middle of, uh, you know, if you watch, watch the media now, all of a sudden my job isn't about education. My job is about restarting the economy. You know, if I'm not at work, then the economy can't restart. And I just need to remind myself is like, Hey, I'm not just a, I'm not just a babysitter. I'm not just an economy restarter. You know, I'm, I'm there for a reason and I love being there. So it's more than just a job for me. You said something really important, like, and I think you need to know this from our interactions with people that have listened to your episode. You said, you know, as a teacher, I'm not going to reach everyone, but if I reach a few, 
and in an important way, it's a big deal. And the, the responses that we've got from your episode have been overwhelmingly positive and like people have been encouraged by the words that you brought and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to open myself up to this. And, um, so your impact is not just in that context either. You know, you've had an impact on our listeners and, uh, it's why we brought you back. I think it's because a lot of people enjoyed the, the conversation and hearing about taking some risk and going out there and doing some things that are uncomfortable for you. So from us, thank you. And like knowing that you have a role is a huge deal. And I have to remind myself of that with the podcast also is like, that's our goal. It doesn't matter if we reach everyone. It doesn't matter if we have this huge audience. It matters that one or two people and hopefully more than that, but one or two people take something valuable from it. And that's our job, you know? Well, and I think beyond that, regardless of what role you are in, you are impacting people. So it doesn't matter if you're a podcaster or a teacher or, you know, painting lines on the road, it doesn't matter. You are impacting people. So remembering that what you do is valuable to people and to not, not sell yourself short, you're impacting people. So, you know, do whatever it is that you're doing to the best of your ability. I thought you guys brought me back because you have video now and you wanted to have everybody see my good looks. Well, that is true. That is true. Although you don't have the same sunglasses on you had last time. We were trying to describe them, but, you know, maybe next time you come on, you can have those queued up. You know, um, we're out on a trip right now and I don't have my bike and those are solely my biking sunglasses. So um, that's, that's, that's a poor excuse, but it's all I've got. And we were really hoping for the fish with the American flag t-shirt or whatever it was that you had on just, you know, so people could get a sense of things. Um, but, <laughs> the sense well, of, Hey, this guy doesn't change his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom, you're out on a trip. Where are you at? What are you doing? Oh, uh, I am currently in Wheatland, Wyoming. Um, out. I'm out with you, John. Weird. We're together. <laughs> we are together. Well, we're not currently together. You're sitting in a really lush meeting room inside of a hotel and I'm sitting inside of a short bus in the parking lot. Um, but it's your short bus, Tom. <laughs> it's my <laughs> short bus. It is my home away from home. I love it. Um, and we're out just enjoying the weekend, Labor Day weekend. It's uh, It's been gorgeous here. We've been out water skiing and wakeboarding on, on the Glendo Reservoir and yeah, it's been incredible. A nice little little getaway already you know school just started and we already get our first little vacation so um we're feel like we're making the most of it for sure so tom you, you you're back at work but i want to take us back a few months you know when we first interviewed you you were on your way to do a thousand miles on your road bike from santa fe new mexico to somewhere near st louis between st louis and chicago um yeah well i did it i made it a thousand miles um I don't think I went. How many days? Uh, 13 days, 13, kind of, kind of 14 days out, but, but 13 days of actual riding. For some reason, I had not done the math. I thought a thousand miles from Santa Fe would take me somewhere near Chicago was like 500 miles off. Um, <laughs> don't worry. I teach geography. So I ended up in a small town called Cuba, Missouri. And, uh, Hey Tom, I just saw I saw three trucks that are federal agents just roll into the parking lot. Are they looking for your short bus? 
I sure hope not. I don't. Is that real? That's I'm real talk. Look. Hold on. Now, quick question. I noticed this morning, I looked at my parking job. Two of my tires are hanging over into a handicap spot. Do you think that they would, they would call federal agents for a bad parking job? <laughs> it seems like overkill, but I don't know. I mean, we are. Let's be honest. There's not a ton going on in Wyoming right now. So they may be getting the National Guard out here for, uh, for bad parking. It seems like they're just driving around slowly. And if they were looking for a yellow short bus, it's pretty easy to spot. Fair. So, so maybe they're not looking for you. So we should be good. We'll find out. I mean, we'll find out. All right. Look out, though. C- continue on. Where, where'd you end up? Where were you? So yeah, yeah. We started in Santa Fe Ended I ended up in uh, Cuba, Missouri is where I, I uh, went my, my separate ways and my wife scooped in, in the, in the bus and picked me up and took me back home. Um, so I think, uh, I think, overall reflections uh i loved it um i hated it (laughs) um some of it was easy some of it was incredibly hard i was frustrated it was beautiful i don't know i i really i can't i don't have an overall impression because it was 13 days and and many of the days were very different um but it was it was tough um not as much physically as what i thought at after seven days or so you just kind of start pedaling but um yeah mentally it was kind of hard of like i don't know i'm kind of sick of riding my bike and uh, we can't stop so i guess we'll just keep going uh but then you would i was i was thinking about it this morning i can still close my eyes and picture some of the hills that we rode down or like <laughs> we we missed a walmart that we were trying to go to and rode rode down like this big grassy hill and our bikes are fully loaded down. And so I can still picture all these little spots and um, it was, it was incredible. I'm, I'm really glad that I did it. I'd like to just kind of, just to give you an intro, I'd like to just share with you what day one was like. So I roll into Santa Fe. We spend the night in a hotel. We leave the hotel the next morning, I think at 5 a.m. So we're riding out of Santa Fe and the sun is coming up and it's just, it's just stunning. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be, this is what it's going to be like. Just picturesque looking around. There's no vehicles on the road yet. And I'm like, Oh, I I'm in love with this already. And about five miles later, uh, Joe's riding behind me and he clips my back tire and crashes into a ditch and I'm like oh boy i see i've already ruined their trip joe's in a ditch oh man so he gets he gets up he dusts himself off he's fine and we're good to go and like 10 minutes later a dog runs out and is like attacking at cheryl's back wheel and i'm like what's happening there's dogs attacking us now and like the dog kind of runs off nobody gets bit and I'm like, oh, man, that was chaos. Well, I guess, you know, this day can only go up from here. So we, we keep riding. And then somebody waves and, like, starts, like, pumping their fist. And I've, I've ridden, like, 10 miles at this point. And I want to pull over and explain to him, like, hey, you don't have to pump your fist for me. 
I've only ridden 10 miles. It just looks like I have a lot of stuff. But apparently we didn't have time for that, so I kept going. So we keep riding. Another dog comes out, attacks Cheryl again. I don't know what it is. Found out all dogs hate Cheryl, and she's just getting <laughs> she's just getting attacked like like every 10 miles. And, and I'm like, this is not – this is not good. So we keep cruising. And our plan is to go 60 miles that day. They're like, well, we'll start it out easy on you. We'll take you 60 miles. So we ride in. We're coming down this big hill, and there's a speedway. And the speedway is kind of like our, our stop. Uh, that's the 60-mile mark. And then there's going to be a, a campground um, in that town somewhere that we got to find town. It was just a gas station. Um, so we, we're heading towards the speedway. Those two pull in. I'm a little bit back. So one of them stops. So I know that they pulled in the speedway. The other one crashes in. Cheryl ends up flying off her bike, dislocating her finger. She's like yelling across the whole gas station. Everybody's looking. They grab her finger, pop it into place right there in the parking lot. And then we like go find a tree. We're in the New Mexico desert. We find a tree we're laying under this tree and they like pull out their sleeping pads and like, well, we're going to drink some sodas, eat some ice cream. And then we're going to take a nap. And I'm like, I'm just right here at the gas station. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, I guess that's what we do. So I pull out my sleeping pad. People are pulling in, looking at you, like look at the homeless people. And, uh, so the problem, hold it, on. The, oh. the problem is it's 1130 in the morning. And we've only ridden, we've done our 60 miles. So we're, they're like, well, we got here fast. So let's just keep going, John. <laughs> well, well, now, see, now you left us on a cliffhanger. So you have to continue with your story. Okay. So, <laughs> so we keep going, right? So uh, we ride up this hill and then it's supposed to be like 20 miles at like 1% grade downhill. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome. So we start cruising. We're, we're hitting this downhill and the headwind is just brutal. And so we're like having to pedal downhill. And I'm like, this is not awesome. Well, the next town is 40 miles away. So that's, I'm like, that's a hundred mile day on day one. That seems, you know, a little extreme, but whatever. I'm, I'm following along. We make it like another 20 miles and it's, it's the, the going is getting tough. The wind is really blowing in our faces. So we're like, all right, let's start looking for a campsite. Well, we're, there's no campsites. There's barbed wire fences on both sides of the road. So finally we see a spot where there is a gate into somebody's cow. I would, I, don't, I can't call it a pasture because it's in New Mexico. So it's like, you know, the cows are eating cactus or something. I'm not sure. So we open this gate and, you know, of course it probably says no trespassing somewhere. So we go into the field and like lay our bikes in a ditch and then like lay down until the sun goes down before we set up our tents. And that was day one. I'm like, okay, this, I guess this is not what I expected it to be like. All the crashing, the dog attacking, sleeping in ditches, but you know, this is what we're going to do. So it was, uh, it was quite a shock right off the bat for me. So you, you mentioned that it wasn't, what you anticipated it being i know i had talked to you ahead of time where it's like yeah it's gonna be awesome we're we're doing route 66 correct 
Right, that's right. Like, we're doing a historic Route 66. People think of that, you're like, oh, it's all these cool little towns, all these little awesome places to stop and scenic, and it's all these things, which I'm sure at times it was, but even that first day for you to realize, like, oh, it's not all going to be this. How did you make that adjustment, or, or what adjustments did you have to make mentally to be like, hey, this isn't what I, exactly what I expected, but, and how do I move forward? Like, how did you change your perspective about it? Or how did that change the experience for you? Man, I'm going to, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know that I ever did change my perspective on it. I think I really struggled to uh, get to that, that thousand mile mark. In fact, I think if my wife would have picked me up earlier, I probably would have gone earlier. Um, but you know, and, and she's kind of, she was definitely my, my rock, I'd call her and she'd be like, well, you just got to make it a thousand miles and then you can be done. <laughs> and I'd be like, Oh, okay. Um, there, you know, I, I, I'm describing it and everything, you know, sounds negative, but there were so many amazing times too. You know, the next morning we, we rolled out of that cow field and again, you're riding and the sun is coming up over the New Mexico desert and it's just, it's amazing again. And we rode through Texas and you're, you, you know, you've seen longhorns when you drive through, but when you ride past them, um, cows for some reason stop when bikes go by, they stop and they look. And so you're looking at these longhorns and they're just such massive animals and they're just staring at you and you feel like, yeah, we're just kind of out here in nature, you and me, buddy, doing it together. Um, so there's so many amazing things that are happening too that, yeah, you're just kind of motivated to, to keep riding and there was, there's both sides of it. I think that's a pretty apt metaphor for life. I just see like Forrest Gump running, you know, and the, the story of Forrest Gump is like, it's insane and none of this would ever happen to a single individual, I guess. But then you think like, he's just kind of keep on keeping on. He just has these like maxims to live his life with. And like, that's how he goes about things. And I think as people, we, we kind of are on a journey and we think it's going to be one thing and then it becomes something else and it morphs and it changes. And sometimes our perspective changes. And sometimes it's like, I just got to get to the end of this challenge or this uh, adventure, you know, and sometimes we don't see it as an adventure and we start to miss the the beauty in it, you know? And I think that's, you know, I, kind of living vicariously through John as I was getting a few updates, you know, you were talking to him a little bit and it's like, how's it going? He's like, yeah, it's a mental grind, man. And I, yeah, that's life. You know, that's absolutely life, but we don't see it that way because we don't have a thousand mile endpoint or an aim point that isn't like, Oh, once I get there, it'll change again. You know, like we actually get to choose when things change, we get to create like perspective change type moments. And sometimes it's really hard because oh, I just got to get to the end of this and then something else will change it for me. And so I think like I hear it and I'm just like, man, life, <laughs> like I, you, you tell this piece of the adventure and it's like, that's just a one, one day, but that's a microcosm of life. You wake up and you're like, I'm ready to attack this thing and it's going to be great. And then you experience tremendous beauty and awe. And then five minutes later, you know, somebody crashes like there's a and uh, sorry for kind of romanticizing 
like in a literary way, this idea, but I, I think it's true. I think that's how life happens. And so. And I, and I want to bring attention because again, you, you did call me a couple of times along the way. And there were, there's two things that I, I think are really valuable that, that you worked through. And I don't know if you've processed how you got through it or not, but one of them was you called me and you said, Hey, what if I don't, what do I do if I don't want to get on my bike tomorrow? Like, I just don't want to get on my bike tomorrow. And the second was kind of talking through the experience where I know you guys rode through some rain and I just, I hate rain in general, let alone trying to, you know, bring along camping gear and food and transport myself from point A to point B that's a hundred miles away in the pouring rain the entire day. Like, I just don't know how I would handle that, but clearly you worked through those things. What did you use or how did you get through the idea of, I don't want to get on my bike tomorrow. And then like going through the rain, there must've been some mental battles that you fought throughout the day or the whole day. Yeah, I think um, definitely there was some nights where I would lay down in my tent and just be like, man, I don't want to get on my bike tomorrow. And um, honestly, you you sleep and you wake up and it just has to be a new day. And, and every day was a, a new day. And, and that sounds so corny, but it's so true of you would get up you're refreshed, you know, you, you sleep pretty good when you ride your bike for 12 hours a day. Um, even if you're sleeping in a tent on the ground, you're just like, yeah, you're, you're sleeping good. So, um, even the night we were in the ditch, you know, it was, it was fine. Um, so you wake up refreshed and you just have to put whatever happened the day before. If it was a hard day, if it was an easy day, it doesn't matter because that, that day is, you know, it's going to present its own, set of challenges and it's also going to present its own set of experiences that you don't want to miss. So you have to just treat it as a new day. Um, and, and so that, that night of sleep, you do, you get refreshed and you get up. And for me, the mornings were, were easy. I loved riding in the morning from six till, you know, till lunchtime. I was, there was nowhere in the world I would have rather been than on my bike with the people I was with. And, um, it was, it was great. And then, you know, for me, the afternoons were a grind. They'd start to get hot and, or it wouldn't get hot because it was raining. Um, but yeah, just treat it as a new day and a, a new challenge and, and be ready to take it on whatever might be coming. And again, like, you know, um, it is kind of cheesy, but it is like life and you do have to treat it like a new day. And that's, that was, uh, something that you got pretty used to and just kind of shaking off the day before whatever happened and, and keep going. Well, but we definitely, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just going to say our, our most recent episode with Jake Thompson, his, his thing, his business is compete every day, right? And it's like, that's what I hear you saying is like, hey, every day I get up, I have new opportunity for experiences to learn about myself, to learn and see and experience things that I, I don't even know it's out there, but there's an opportunity here. So refresh, restart it, go, go, go attack it. So. Yeah. And, and then we did, we had some, um, <laughs> one day in particular, we got up in the morning and it was raining. So we, we left the hotel. We had stayed in a hotel the night before, probably I was about 50, 50 hotels and, and camping. Um, so we stayed in a hotel and 
because it was raining that night. Got up, it's still raining at 5.30 in the morning or whatever it was, and we start pedaling through the rain, and we make it about a mile down the road, and I get a flat tire. So now we're changing a tire in the rain and then kept pedaling, and I don't know what. My tires had just got worn out. I didn't, definitely didn't have the right tires, um, but I ended up getting eight flat tires that day, and it rained all day. So, and it was like the water was starting to puddle up on the road. So you're like riding through puddles and then there's like roadkill. And then the person in front of you is spraying water on your face. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm eating roadkill right now. Um, and so that was a, that was a tough day. And I, I know at one point I, I kind of felt like I was just ready to throw my arms up and be like, this is ridiculous. Eight flat tires. It won't stop raining. But the way I dealt with it, and this does certainly doesn't work for everybody, but like the way I cope with things is through humor. Like there's always, there's a joke there somewhere, you know, with eight flat tires and, and it's raining all day. And so you just, you have to laugh about it. Otherwise you're going to be completely miserable. And actually I've always loved humor. And as you guys know, you know, we, I mean, at one point last night I was actually crying because John and I were laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> And so like, that's always been a big part of my life, but I think it was this trip that really made me realize that it's also a, it's a coping me mechanism for me. Like when you have to choose of how you're going to feel about something that's going on in your life. And one of your options is to just, you know, there's nothing, there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, I suppose I could have quit, but um, so you might as well laugh and joke about it. And, uh, and that's what we did that day. And, and, uh, it, it was tough. I'm not trying to say it was just all, you know, funny all day long, but there were, there were some jokes made that really got you through those, those toughest moments where you're like, well, I'm going to stop and change another one. And then I did, I did the next morning have to take uh, a taxi 17 miles to the next, um, to the next town, Joplin, Missouri to get some new tires put on the bike so I could continue riding. So that was my, uh, that was like my day where um, that was probably the hardest day for me was just getting through all those flats and being like, what is happening? And I think we still rode 80 miles that day yeah. with eight flat tires. So um, if you can imagine, you know, getting a flat tire every 10 miles, that's how, that's how our day went. And it's still possible to get somewhere, <laughs> you know, it's still possible to achieve something pretty incredible. I, like, 80 miles for most people's holy cow I could never do that and you're like yeah I had I had a flat every t every 10 miles along the way too like on top of it and and it's raining yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so <clears throat> I think we need to just frame things sometimes that oh yeah this is this is possible I one of the things I laughed about and I is probably not something that you were laughing about at the time is John told me about the end of your trip and um you know, there was some doubt about when you were going to get picked up or how you're going to get picked up. If you're going to have to ride some more, you want to explain a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, I think this is a good point to, uh, introduce everybody into my, to my vehicle. I, we've been talking about the shore bus. So, um, I drive a 2003 E350 short bus that has been converted into, uh, an RV. So my wife is spending time with my family up in Michigan and she 
was like, well, I'm going to join you for the last few days and I'll take your, I'll take your gear in the bus and you can just pedal along till you get to your thousand miles. And I was like, that sounds amazing. No, no heavy stuff. Oh, and then I was going to sleep in the bus. It has a wonderful queen size bed. It's got heat. It's got water. It's awesome. So I was like, oh man, no more sleeping in the rain. My wife's coming down. I was the happiest kid in the world. And, and uh, she leaves, leaves our hometown and she makes it about oh, 50 miles before the bus breaks down. And um, so she's like, she calls me up. She's like, hey, I'm not coming to get you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, the bus broke down. It's at the mechanic. Your dad's coming to pick me up. I'm not coming to get you. And I'm like, no, I was so upset. Like, I was just like, no, she's like, what's the big deal? You were going to keep riding anyway. I'm like, I was going to sleep in the bus and like, you were going to be there and like everything. And she's like, well, that's just how it is. And I'm like, that was hard. That was so hard for me. Cause I thought like, as far as the, the tough stuff, you know, sleeping in the rain and all that stuff, carrying the gear, I thought it was over. I thought, you know, I thought I was going to see her that night. <laughs> She's like, now nah, you got at least two, three more days. Okay. So, yep. So I had to keep going. And then you referenced Forrest Gump where he's just, he's running. And then just one day he stops running. That's almost exactly what the end of the trip felt like for me. I was in Cuba, Missouri. I knew I had hit my thousand miles that day. And so I was just kind of, um, I had, I was on my own at that point because the other two were, they were going to keep going. And by the way, they rode the whole, they traversed the whole country. I think it took them 48 days. It's so amazing. Um, so I get to Cuba, Missouri and I pull up to this hotel days in and you know, I smell, I look nasty and, I roll my bike into the lobby and the lady's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm riding, I'm riding, or riding my bike. She's like, from where did you come from? And I'm like, like today or at the start? She's like, from the start. I'm like, well, I came from Santa Fe, New Mexico. She's, she just looked at me and just goes, what? I'm like, I, I know it's, it's always, it's about a thousand miles from here. And she's like, huh? Okay where are you going? And it was just like the strangest thing. Cause I go, um, here, <laughs> she's like, what do you mean here? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I rode into the parking lot and I'm done. She's like here in Cuba, Missouri. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, why? I'm like, cause that's a thousand miles. And she's like, well, okay. Do you have a reservation? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, we should probably upgrade your room. So she upgraded my room because it was my last day. And then there were, <laughs> there were mice in the hotel. <laughs> so there's mouse poop in the bed. That wasn't ideal. I'm like, man, I just like, I've slept in cow fields, all this stuff. And then I get upgraded to a mouse poop room. Come on. Well, I think, you know, that just that last story about you, you thought you were done. You thought it was done. Your wife is coming to pick you up. How often does that happen to us in our lives? whether it's at work, at school, wherever. It's like, oh, this project is going to be done. We're working toward, Jamie, you talked about it a little bit ago. Like we have that end, that thousand miles, that deadline, that whatever. 
and then all of a sudden something happens and that's not the end. We got to figure out how to keep going and make the adjustments. Right. And I think that's the ability to laugh at it and say, Hey, these are the circumstances. It's beyond my control. You had no control over your wife and the bus breaking down, but you had the option then to be upset about it and pout and, and complain or keep going and, and find an incredible experience in Cuba, Missouri, it sounds like. Yeah. And, and to be fair, um, I think I reflect on that and know that, man, I could have handled all of that so much better because I did, I was upset and I was, uh, you know, I was a little pouty and I think, you know, we have to put ourselves in these situations because then I rode for two or three more days. It really turned out to be some, some really nice riding and I, I wouldn't want to give those days up and I wouldn't. And so, you know, you have to learn and grow from those experiences. And sometimes you have to have the unexpected happen for yourself to, to, to be able to, to grow a little bit. And so, um, you know, now that it's done, I'm glad it, I'm glad it happened that way. Well, and it speaks to the power of our expectations, right? Our expectations lend so much of our, the, the frame for how we experience things. And so if our expectations aren't met, it feels like a negative, even though now in reflection, you can look back and say, okay, had I not had this experience, I wouldn't know this about myself. And it's actually, I'm better for it. And, and so I don't know, that's, I've had those experiences in travel specifically when I'm traveling, I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited for this. And it maybe doesn't live up to it. And then there's other times where I travel, I'm like, it's just going to be this like long weekend where we're doing all this stuff and it blows your mind. And so I don't know, I think power expectation is a big deal. So. Absolutely. We could talk for a long time about the bike ride. There's, there's a lot there, but I want to get to your next adventure because you went on a thousand mile bike ride and then what'd you do most recently? Yeah. So then, uh, you know, I got home and spent some time uh, with the family and then uh, pretty much uh, ended my summer, July 24th. We set off on a private um, Grand Canyon rafting trip. So, we got to uh, raft the Grand Canyon 16 days, um, and it is was pretty much everything opposite of what the bike trip was. It was, I mean, the weather was perfect. Somebody asked me, like, okay, for 16 days, something had to get hard or, you know, annoying, or you just you wanted it to end for something, you know, maybe not for a whole day, but there had to be something, and I, I just know. We had 16 of the best days. It was just absolutely incredible. It was a 16-person group. This is something um, the group of people that I rafted with, we've been putting in for years to try to get one of these permits, and, and I got one. So we've been planning this trip for a year and a half, and um, then it was looking like it might get shut down. The Grand Canyon shut down due to COVID, and... June 15th, we got an email that said Canyon is opening back up and we'll, we will honor your permit if you want it, but you can cancel and take one in 2022. We decided not to cancel and, and kind of risk it. And it turned out to be such an incredible decision because I think a lot of people had canceled their trips. And so we had this whole, it felt like we had the whole river to ourselves because there was, um, there was a lot less groups on than I think normally put on. And it was 
I mean, to, to put it in, in a word, it's powerful. The experience was powerful. The, uh, you know, the river and the views and everything you take in was powerful. And I was talking to my friend, Stefan, who was the one who rode in my boat with me. We had two people per boat and, uh, and we were just discussing what, what made it so powerful. And I think it was, you're so remote out there that there's, there's nothing to do other than to be present. If you're having a conversation with somebody, you're, you're there. There are no distractions. Nobody has a phone. There's no business to think about. Uh, there are no other groups coming by. There's nothing to do but be present with the river, with the canyon, and with the, the 16 people that you're with. So it was an incredible trip. So – I was listening to a podcast recently, the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, and he had a guest on Michael Hyatt, and he said, we don't, like, when we live on purpose, we live with intention, we don't drift, right? And Jake Thompson, our last guest, talked about this slow fade to things, and, like, life is kind of a slow fade. You don't slow fade into a Grand Canyon trip. You talked about applying for a permit and doing all these things, but you also don't slow fade into having all this opportunity to have these adventures that you talk about. I think a lot of people might go, Oh, well, Tom's life is different than mine because he goes on, you know, he can take 13 days and go on a thousand mile bike trip. He can take 16 days and go on a grand Canyon trip. Like how do you build some purposeful intention into your life financially planning, scheduling with, you know, your relationship with your family and all these things that allow for you to do these things that are obviously like a part of your heart, you know, like this is an opportunity for me to grow as a human being and to be a better dad, to be a better husband, to be a better teacher. And I really value these things. How do you make it happen? Because there are a lot of people that don't make it happen. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you guys had a, a, podcast pretty early on about um, being intentional. I think people, you, you put together these lists of things that you want to do, um, or people tell me all the time after, you know, we do something, whether that's the Grand Canyon or, you know, we sailed to the Bahamas or and and all kinds of, you know, lots of different things, maybe the bike ride. People say, man, that's, it's always been a dream of mine. Okay. So, so do it. And it, it, sometimes it's as simple as that. The Grand Canyon, uh, people say all the time, man, that is my dream trip. Well, have you ever put in a permit? No, it costs $25. Like financially, the Grand Canyon is not like, it's not a huge commitment. However, we as a family, we value experiences um, and we know that. And so that is kind of reflected in our, in our lifestyle. Um, we live in a small house and, you know, we live in a, a two bedroom house. It's myself, my wife, my niece has now moved in with us because she's going to college in our town. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't bother us that our house is small. You know, that's not what brings us joy. Um, you know, I drive a school bus and my wife drives an old trailblazer. So uh, we don't have car payments. Um, you know, we, we spend our money, with our experiences and, and, uh, we, uh, we, that's, we have talked about it. We're intentional about it. We know that that is what we value and that's what brings us the most joy in life. Um, and then as far as 
you know, the tough one is, and you know, for somebody who maybe doesn't know me and is listening to this and they're like, this guy rode 13 days and then turned around a month later and went out for 16 days. Like, yeah, I spent over a month away from my family this summer and that's, that's a ton of time. You know, it's a ton of time when you have a kid, but like you said, I do think it makes me a better person. It makes me a better dad, better teacher. And the other thing is we spend an incredible amount of time together. We're a pretty tight family. So you, you have to put in that time with each other to feel okay about being away for that kind of time. And, you know, and I do, I feel, I feel okay about it because when we are together, we, uh, we're, 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 we try to be present. I think we are present. And, um, I was trying to think this morning of, you know, that is a lot of time that we spend out. Like we're, we're just talking about what our mo- next month looks like. And we're, we're just jam packed with things to do. And, um, somebody said to me like, man, you guys are always going, going, going. Like, I don't know how you could do it. Uh, and I thought about it. Well, what do we not do that other families do and other people do? Like, what do we cut out? And I can't, can't think of anything really that we we cut out other than you know besides watching a, a football or a hockey game here and there you know we don't watch tv and it's just not because we hate tv we just don't have time and so th- those are the things that we we cut out i think but other than that i think we do you know we're a pretty normal family other than <laughs> john shaking his head and maybe normal is not the right term but uh we put in we put in the time together so we can do the things that we love. I think you, you said intentionality, right? You guys and we had this conversation a couple of days ago when we were sitting out on the lake. It's like you decide you want to do something and then there's there's just no excuses as to why not to do it. You figure it out. Like, yes, there are time restraints. Yes, there are financial commitments and things that I'm gonna give up because of that, but ultimately you just, you, you come up with these things that you want to do and experience and you do them as a, either as a family or individually, but you just don't make excuses about why you can't do it. Right. I think that's so often what happens to people is like, Oh, that's my dream, but they don't take any action. You know, they don't. And Jamie, that's a couple of episodes where we, you talked about movement which is the, oh yeah, that's my dream. I want to do that. That goes on my list. Like that is movement around this thing, but there's never any action toward putting in a permit. There's never any action toward, um, you know, buying a bus to live a certain lifestyle, right? One of the things that I love about my wife, and we were talking about this exact thing is she's like, when I put something on my list, it means I'm going to do it. Like there isn't just this list out there of like, this is my bucket list and maybe I'll get to these things someday. No, if it goes on the list, we start making preparations to do it. It might not be tomorrow. It might be two years from now. It might be five years from now. But if you put something on your list, figure out how to do it and take steps to get there. You know, we talk about taking steps every day. Does it get you closer to what you want to do or are you just moving? And, and I, I mean, I have witnessed, yes, John, you're right. Your, your wife is the, the champion of this. Um, like when she says something, it's going to happen. You know that that's true. But I, I, you know, I've been watching it. You guys are also living this. You're not just talking about it. I was on the sailboat when you two were talking 
that this was something you were going to do. And, and I know I was a, a little late, like you guys had already been talking about it, but you took the steps and all of a sudden you start this, this podcast, you start this, this whole idea. And uh, it's been amazing to watch you guys put it into, you know, it's, it was more than words or ideas on paper. It's action that you guys took and it's impressive. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, and most of the credit goes to my wife for that. I mean, I certainly play a role in that, but um, most of the drive come for that comes from her. The other thing that I was thinking about, Tom, when, when we were, I was thinking about all these different adventures that you go on or the things that you kind of jump into, right? You don't always know what you're getting into, but something that I admire is that there's always something that you're learning or you're picking up that builds towards something else. Usually, for example, you bought this bus, you knew some about diesel engines, but not a ton. Right. And yeah, I'd go, I'd say very little is what I'm learning now. Right. But you also, but you use that as an opportunity instead of it being like, I don't know anything. Someone else is going to have to figure this out. You started researching it and educating yourself. And then you're like, Oh, and if I do this thing, it makes, if I want to be on a sailboat someday, those also take diesel engines, right? That's a skill that I'm now building that builds to further experiences or adventures. And I, I'm sure that's true of, you know, the bike ride and the Grand Canyon. Like there are skills that you're building with these experiences and these adventures that allow you to broaden what is possible for you in the yeah. future. I think it goes beyond that. Even it's not just a skill set that's being built. I think it's the way that we think, hmm. you know, like the more you do something, the more you take action, the more it shapes the, your thought process around the next action that's similar to it because you feel competent, you know, going back to Rob, you feel competent and confident that I've done this before and I can do it again. And now my, my, my frame of reference, my mindset is eyes up for lack of a better term to go walk through the door on this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to do this with passion and with intention and let's go. I used to have a coach that I worked with say life's about choices. You know, life is about choices and you choose you're an athlete. You want to be great. Choose to be great. Do the thing, put it on your list and get it done. You know, if you want to be a great student, be a great student. If you want to go on an adventure, figure out a way to do it. It's not as hard as we think it is, you know? And Tom, you talk about being on the sailboat with us, the two of us, even as we talk about maybe someday we'll have a podcast, maybe someday we'll have a business. Like, what is it going to look like? And that's in Croatia. Like <laughs> we were in the Adriatic Sea having that conversation. And what, it, what was that? It was a couple of years of planning for me and my wife to say, we're going to be in Europe. You, you know, John, when you guys found out you had a different life circumstance on your way, you're like, let's do this thing. It's a couple months of planning. It's a little bit more upfront, but the payoff is huge. Yeah, no, I agree. Tom, I, it's been a long time. I know you've been processing and thinking and, and you want, you said a little bit intimidated by all of our, you know, famous guests, but I think you bring incredible value to us individually, but also to our listeners. So I'm wondering if you have a challenge for the listeners today based on something we've talked about today or you know, just something that you're, you think is valuable and, and a challenge for them to, to take forward from our conversation. 
just one other quick thing. Rob Lovejoy, if you're listening to this and you're taking applications for a best friend, <laughs> I would love to submit an application because I thought your podcast was incredible. So, you know, get a hold of me. John will get you. Just talk to my people, John, and uh, he'll get you my contacts and I'll whatever if you need a resume or, or anything. And then uh, I was just thinking about about something. I, I listened to a quote and I will happily misquote it and I can't remember who said it. So, um, but I'm sure somebody out there knows who said this. It was something along the lines of he who is not willing to learn cannot be helped, but he who is determined to learn cannot be stopped. And so if you have something on your list, that, that thing that just seems like something that other people do, other people go and do, that's bull crap. If it's on your list, it's on there for a reason. Learn what you need to learn, figure out how to do it. And at some point you got to jump in and, and make it happen. In a world that tries to keep your head down, don't forget, live eyes up. <laughs>